this is Inside the Tribe, and we have, again, a new guest. Today, we talk again about integration and moving to another country, experiences and living in different countries. So today, we'll have a talk of two Marias. Hi, Masha. Hi, Masha. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me, and I'm really thrilled and happy to be here. <laughs> yes, I'm also curious about our talk. I think there'll be several quite interesting moments to discuss um, first of all, as is usual already, I would like to know what was your first experience um, of moving to another country, as I know it's several countries in your, so to say, portfolio of life. So what was the first one and what, how was the first, it's not shock, but the first one, I think it's uh, the most special one that you remember probably. And then we would continue to know what was your path. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I start first with saying that I'm Russian by origin and we first moved to France because of my husband's study he studied at MBA school and we were there for a year but we spent a few months in Singapore since this school has two campuses and during the education you can choose where you stay and study and after this year uh, he got the position in Swiss pharmaceutical company so we moved to Switzerland to Basel and we stayed here for half a year there was a rotational program, so he signed up for four rotations, six months okay. each, for different places. It was a very cool thing in our lives. Also challenging, the second move was, uh, during this rotational program, was to Singapore. Then we were relocated to Canada, and then we come, came back to Switzerland. I mean, it and sounds very dynamic. <laughs> yes, yes, it was indeed. Enjoying a lot. <laughs> <laughs> with all this move. Luckily, unfortunately, the company supported the relocation process and uh, we didn't deal that much with bureaucracy. Yeah, but overall still, <laughs> it was challenging, but cool. <laughs> what were you thinking when he just signed up? Like, what was your expectations to move so many times in this quite short time for so many moves, I would say? I think we were just exciting. We, we didn't have kids by the time and we were still young and uh, adventurous so we were just yeah saying oh that's cool let's let's try let's go for it and, and then we'll see so something like that so we didn't have any second thought of saying no no okay no maybe something will not work or no no we were very uh, the decision we made was very fast <laughs> okay I was wondering if you were also working that time in Moscow or not yet. That time, no, because so the story is when my husband applied for the business school, I simultaneously did my PhD. It was my last year before uh, of PhD. Uh, and uh, I also worked in an investment fund. So when he was admitted to the school, thesis defense was already set as well. And I thought, okay, so we're gonna go for a year for his study. And I really was, oh, wow, I need this break for a year. So I just quit my job from investment fund and uh, finalized all the things with the um, PhD defense. And uh, by the end of the year, we were both done and ready to start a new chapter. But then when his study in France was over, I was thinking, Okay, so he's going to find a job somewhere permanently, and then I will find a job too. That didn't work, unfortunately, <laughs> because he signed up for this uh, rotational program. 
And for me, it wasn't possible to work since I didn't have a work permit. I always have this partner visa and moving to the country just for six months, you don't have much time to apply for your work permit. And then nobody actually will hire you since you like, okay, in in few months you are leaving. Yeah. How was it for you? Just, you can call it as it's more comfortable for you, but it's like a accompanying partner, right? So it's more decision for one of the partners and the second just goes and help, but at the same time needs to adapt maybe more because his, his or her life is not so established as a working partner. Right, right. And um, I agree. And some of my friends were, I think, a little bit surprised that I <laughs> didn't think that much about myself maybe at the time at least what they thought I think but I was always sure that it's a a right thing to do because I don't know I didn't like the idea to uh, live in the different cities so you don't have that the the feeling of the family anymore so no we didn't think twice which okay so we go for this part together and he was always very supportive in that sense he said he told me many times that like whenever you think that you need some i don't know time or more opportunities for yourself i will also change my life for that so something like that so but i was just thinking that he's more ambitious maybe in the career so i was okay with that completely and I was happy to have this year, what I already told after my PhD. Um, was it like sabbatical? <laughs> kind of, kind of. Exactly. <laughs> have this uh, break and also think about uh, what I want to do. And also that was the first experience for me to live abroad and the first full-time drive-in when you speak only in English or meet so many different people all over the globe. So it was very new. And what I like, <laughs> what uh, reflection. Mm. When you describe it, it's just some uh, vision came to me, like you, you dropped in the water and you, you were, then you swim, you know, then you just learn to swim. Yes, yes, exactly. I think you're my second only guest who has partner of the same culture. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, it's not that good, of course, but it's just I think it gives a specific kind of flavor if you go with the partner of your culture in another culture. So you kind of have a more comfortable bubble at home. Right. Culture context is very important in that sense. That at least we understand each other with even no need to say anything, right? So yeah, I find it always uh, like a bonus. You know, you 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 had the same, I don't know, cartoon books, jokes, jokes is especially humor. I think it's really hard to translate jokes in different um, language because it's a play of words and right, the background is used. Masha, I don't think that's only the main factor why it's easier. Mm-hmm. I think also maybe our, our characters are not that picky. Mm. So we are very fast adapted. Okay. That's good that, that it's characteristics of both, you know, sometimes it's it's usually hard for one of the partners. I, I think my English not that great by the time we moved to France, but I was still very social. So and I made a lot of friends and that helped me a lot during the first move uh, and also there were a lot of people who were like me because the average age of MBA student is when you at some point have families 
and a lot of students all moved to the campus with you know the wife or the husband or even with the kids and there were many partners like me who were just hanging out in the campus and making some activities together doing some activities together mentioning this rotation uh, countries so France, Canada, Singapore and Switzerland. Could you tell me the most colorful characteristic of mentality of each of these four for you? Okay, so it's a good question. So I think Switzerland is very reserved. The people are very reserved and delicate, much more delicate than other nationalities I know. Singapore, to be honest, we don't have many Singaporean friends because we used to live in the expert bubble there with a lot of foreigners around and I made only one Singaporean friend who was pure Singaporean. I don't think that I can tell for the whole country but they're very efficient and um, straightforward to say this. Mm -hmm. About Canada, uh, they're very friendly but very independent maybe, I don't know. So I mean like they're not, they live very independent life. (laughs) After moving from Europe to Canada and see all these townhouses with the same walls in front of them, the same barbecue pits in front of them, I don't know, I was, oh, wow. So everyone has the same life, so something like that. So, But it's also cool that the living standards are that high, that not many poor people, let's say, or, yeah. yeah. So you always can find some good things or I, I tried always to focus only on the positive things <laughs> yeah something like that yeah in France oh, I know there is a cliche that French people are very arrogant but my personal experience uh, maybe not arrogant but for sure when you speak French it helps a lot to make friends or to integrate to the society for instance even at the patisserie or boulangerie if you say Bonjour, madame, instead of hello, or I don't know, or uh, use uh, the madame or um, saying exactly the name or last name of the person. Okay, so when you say something personal, when you refer to the person saying uh, in the local language, it gives you a lot of advantages. Yeah, (laughs) it's kind of a bonus. Yeah. Yeah. They appreciate the effort much more than, for instance, in other countries, I think. Okay. So I'm not sure that's exactly arrogance, more like, I don't know, respecting their own language, something like that. And uh, they're very open, I think. For some topics, I was, for instance, I, I, I was in a group with the French people and they discussed, I don't know, many things which I would never discuss uh, in my, in the group of friends um, in Russia. Okay. I mean, it just, they share a lot of information and they feel absolutely comfortable with it. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> okay. And living in all these countries and meeting other cultures, what would be then our mentality characteristics that you heard? You mean about the Russians? Yeah. Like, I mean, what feedback people would did give to you or you heard about us? Or I heard a lot that like I'm very smiley person or they are surprised to see someone who smiled that much (laughs) (laughs) especially Russian (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and when I told them that I never tried vodka they even like don't (laughs) believe me that I'm weirdo (laughs) we need to change that Masha (laughs) 
yeah. <laughs> might be. <laughs> so let's see. No, I think, of course, the Russian, the image of Russian people is not that good at the moment. And it perceived to be very, I don't know, cold and friendly. And um, that people don't talk with um, strangers. But uh, my nationality was never actually affected me. Okay. Or we don't want to talk with you <laughs> or, or, I don't know. Well, that's more <laughs> kindergarten attitude, I would say. You don't talk with me. <laughs> Maybe not, be, not talk with you, but just like you're not trustworthy or mm. whatever. But, you know, sometimes I try to do the French accents, uh, saying more like, <laughs> and uh, with these sounds or say management instead of management <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> so some people, yeah, I got confused. <laughs> Some people, but no, no, no. I think my accent is still thick. So I had um, a I had a French colleague when I worked with the French suppliers at my work, and uh, Josine, and she she was always telling so funny one word. I I think I will remember the whole life. She was always saying usually, usually, <laughs> instead of usually. So yeah, I really like this word. So I think some words are really good when you talent the specific language i don't know they give some flavor to things or actions but still i think even among our generation there are so many russians who speak very good english uh, and so i don't believe that now a lot of people have this bad accent which hollywood movies show how russians speak <laughs> so but some of my friends when they try to um, make impressions of Russian, they use this weird, <laughs> and I really don't think it's funny. <laughs> yeah. How many years were you away from home? Uh, seven years now. Yes. But now we're at home, so exactly. we came back to Russia. It's another topic for today, and I'm glad you started that. It's really, I think it would be interesting for me and other people how it is to come back, because after seven years, many things changed, and... I think yourself, you probably feel that all these cultures had influence on you. Could you tell more? How is it to come back after so many years? But it's just a great timing for us because after seven years, now we have kids. And unfortunately, our grandparents can't visit us that often. And we can travel that often to Moscow and to my home city in Krasnodar. And uh, during the pandemic, the things got even worse. We were happy to have this opportunity but we are open for the uh, future <laughs> adventures Let's so say. it's a not the last destination it's not that we know for sure but we hope for that i think it's kind of cool to come back to your country as an expat anyway because people already look at you in different eyes yeah uh, it's true so for instance now we live in an expat area and i met one lady she's from slovakia and she was asking like ah you moved from switzerland oh but you're russian. oh you're coming back to russia as experts wow you won jackpot and i <laughs> yeah kind of it sounds like that when you come back to your home country knowing all the cultural aspects and know the language but you can be still in the same boat with the foreigners let's say yeah would you like that your kids live in Russia or somewhere else in future? It depends. So 
we are not in the stage that we say, no, 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 we never come back to Russia or we just want to live here and nowhere else. It's more about people around you. So we are really happy to reconnect with the family and our kids are so happy to be close to their grandparents and see my sisters, for for example, much more often than they used to see them like a year ago. But in terms of the education, I think primary school in Russia, are very schools are very good. So to be honest, it's very complicated topic for me because our kids haven't entered the school age yet. So I don't know exactly um, about Swiss primary school. Mm. Or... Um, what I meant more, you know, there can be different, so to say, strategies. Some people would say, no, we see it as we will follow as their, my husband's career. Others would say, we will try to see what is for me is better and for him together. Some move saying I want the better future for our kids we choose there because it's better for kids so there are so many factors you know which direction you go what would be for you those decision factors of course the safety so but right now we are fine to be in Russia it's safe to be here with kids Uh, but of course Compared to the life we had in Switzerland, it's not that safe, obviously, because in Switzerland, your four-year-old kid can travel and can go to the school uh, alone with no supervision. And uh, in Moscow, you can't imagine the situation ever. No, no. (laughs) But it's just because you you compare such different things. So it's a huge and Basel is so small. I mean, I hope, no, I, I will not offend my Swiss friends saying that. Basel Just so wanted small. to say. <laughs> but it's so funny. I mean, like when you live in Canada and or US or Brazil or Russia, the distance are so big. But when you say, I don't know, we live very close to that place, two hours drive, Swiss people got it's like half already country vertical right yes yes when we first drove back from france to moscow and we passed the border with belarus our gps system told us and after 700 kilometers turn left (laughs) exactly just actually an epic five days straight you know could you tell me what was your tricks or things that helped you to adapt every time you move i think just you need to be open and uh, i don't know i'm so easy with making friends i'm just like i'm open to to be with people maybe let's go together to this exhibition and maybe i can tell you something about this and you can tell me something about this so i'm fine to be with someone i don't know yet and learn something or I don't know just like hear something from others I heard that it's easier when you adapt your language to the person what I mean to say sorry maybe it sounds a little bit creepy mm-hmm. <laughs> like for instance when you talk with American you are more you're saying more positive things and your your tone is always more excite, exciting Rather than when you say, speak with your Russian friend, your tone is less um, uh, high. Down, yeah. 
like you have a calm voice because otherwise people think that you are crazy <laughs> for me i know what you mean it's not for me it's not only intonation right and the um, tone but also accent i really like a papagai like a yeah. parrot you know because uh, when i was still in moscow i had once the austrian boss in austria and then um also in holland i had the uk lady as a boss and every time i was on the meetings with her in five minutes i was already copying her and and had to like i was saying alex excuse me but it's not ex like additionally i'm not making it to make fun i just can't i just you adapt and you start like cup of cup of tea Yes, Marcia, I, I totally got you. But you know, at some point, um, so it's hard for me to, to put on brakes. <laughs> for instance, when we moved first to France, I had so many friends from South America. And they're super, um, you know, like saying, oh, hi, sweetie. Hi, honey. Or sweetheart. Something like that. A lot. So even like we're Emotional, not. Emotional, yeah. But they always say so much nice things to you. That you're the best. I don't know. Like you're the nicest person ever. <laughs> I thought it's just the way how people communicate in English. So I start saying, saying like, okay, I have a good friend from Germany, and we're good friends. And I say, hey, sweetie. And I think it was too much. For her. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's funny to see the difference uh, now, but. Then I was I, I didn't get this from the beginning, so I thought it's just like how they communicate. But then I learned okay, different nationalities have different rules how they actually uh, greet themselves. Yeah, I mean it's the same with these three cases in Switzerland or in France because when I was still in Moscow and we had some from Europe, and at the same time we had some colleagues, new colleagues in company who never worked in international companies, and they were like, "Why are you kissing him like in cheeks?" Mm -hmm. you have some additional relationship I'm like no it's just that's how they greet each other <laughs> and it's really funny like because in Russia you even don't hug your boss you know like in, in Europe yeah. personal exactly yeah 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 but also you know like for instance when you want to invite someone for apero or for I don't know just to grab a coffee together with, with some of your friends and you create like what you usually do you create a group chat And say hi guys, like are you fancy joining me for a coffee tonight? Something like let's say. For Swiss people, I believe that's too much to be part in the group chat. They prefer to communicate with private messages. So I, I think they don't feel much comfortable replying in the chat where mm. they everyone that close. Okay. Oh, that, and and uh, not spontaneous probably. Yeah, about the time, but they are more delicate about communicating. Uh, on public yeah so it's also like for instance like inviting my swiss friends to the party i always i'm trying to do that private with a private message just to make them feel comfortable saying no or explaining why exactly they can't come for instance because i think for swiss people it's not they don't think that it's very polite to say no if you don't explain exactly why you're why you can't come bingo <laughs> with all this explanation they don't feel comfortable uh, because they don't want yeah. to share everyone in the group chat mm -hmm. about why a little bit yeah but with americans it's never a problem so like hi sorry i have a lot of laundries can't come but hope <laughs> <laughs> i don't know it it sounds for me like being a bit of a chameleon you know 
yes, you go you got in the green bushes, you become a green, you know, like you go into I don't know to the sand, you become other like it but, it's a good it's a good uh, skill, yeah, but some people might think that it's kind of a artificial behavior or you're be. because you always change your even your like the way how you communicate the phrases you say to people i don't know which you are for instance equally but just like you, you you talk to them differently because it's another skill at the same way as in language you know you know for it, example that this person prefers french and for example you know perfectly french then you can use and for him or her will be pleasant that you kind of adapt the language for this person or if the group of 10 people and eight of them know i don't know german and two understand the bit well here it's usually one person doesn't know german you anyway speak english right in the group it's a it's a polite but adapting yeah. to the group is a good skill i mean basically kids do that and learn that from kindergarten and before i studied at boston university at some point uh, during my husband's rotational program so i did the online course for a year there and when we had the discussion within the group and everyone had to say something to the other participants like i was okay so uh, that's a good point but let's try to elaborate more on this task or on this point blah, blah blah and i think a lot of people not i think i know that some people actually shared the feedback with me that i was too direct so also you need to be that's really important that you are this chameleon as you said yeah <laughs> because if you don't want to offend someone you actually have to accept the rules of the communication environment environment yeah, in- yeah. I mean, that's one of the our mentality things. We are direct. Now we, I learn how to wrap this feedback in the positive sandwich, how yeah. they call it. But with some of my uh, foreign friends, you don't waste the time. Exactly. <laughs> things and you go straight to the point. I have a really funny comment to add here because, you know, at work it's usually like, you know, development dialogues and they also see can give you feedback how you communicate, what needs to be adapted. So from the start, I had um, comments from my boss that, Maria, you need to put a bit more information in your emails because I'm polite. I'm like, good morning, whatever. And then I'm like, okay, one, two, three, four, go. <laughs> Let's do that. Because there are so many, you know, like I'm in supply chain, there's lots of fire working, um, firefighting. So it's like, Time is is money, usually. So you need to do a specific action. So I do it polite, but kind of one to three. So Mm -hmm. they like put a bit more information and because it it feels like an order, you know, like military orders. Okay. Then, okay, I try. For me, it's really an effort because like you just need to do that. That's it. We both know why. No, you need to really explain. The next year, you can't believe the task for my development in communication was to put less exclamation marks in my emails because people my boss was like that's a bit sounds like you're shouting like no (laughs) so then I really I was typing and then reading again and like okay they're away they're away they're away (laughs) they're a bit yeah so um sometimes it's we don't see some normal stuff for us no, of course, it's like, it's always a uh, uh, shock if you come from one place and the rules are 
very different, but you just need to learn. You just need, you just, it just takes some time and you will learn observing uh, others, how they do that. <laughs> then you adapt yourself. So you just mm. change yeah, your know, punctuation, your intonation <laughs> or your, the way how you greet people. But of course it's easier when someone told you in advance, <laughs> tells you in advance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's the plus of all this, you know, integration courses that people have when they come to absolutely new country, like uh, cultural trips. And but at the same time, the world now is so global. So uh, American culture is prevailed uh, in most of the places or in most companies because American corporate structure, I think, is mm, one of them. I would not agree. No. But still, like in Singapore, for instance, in Canada, it's very similar to U.S. Okay. Okay. But I know that Canadians don't like to be compared with Americans. Yeah, they have quite. um, But of course. (laughs) Thank you very much, Masha, for um, a nice talk, joke and laughing. What would be the most exotic place for you to move in to live? Oh, I think China or like somewhere in Asia. Because it's completely different. Or Japan. So I think this one. Because the places we used to live are there. I I don't say that they're very similar, but they are a bit still. Because they're very developed and good countries with the high living standards. Mm -hmm. Canada, Singapore. There is English. It's Sorry, there are English speaking countries. But to move to the Asian countries with uh, this hierarchy uh, mindset or with the, uh, how do you say this, uh, high context culture. Yeah. when Many layers. Yeah. Yeah. When you need to know the message, read the message between the lines. So I think it's very challenging, but interesting and very exotic for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wish you once upon a time. If you really want to to be there. Let's see. Thank you very much. Thank you guys for listening to us today. It was Inside the Tribe. And we hear us next time. Bye-bye.